In a world darkened by the fall, we all need light for our daily path. Psalm 119 verse 105 tells us where to find that light. The psalmist says, Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. The word, the Bible, gives us light, and that's good news. The good news of Jesus Christ is what we need each and every day. This is Gospel Talk with Pastor Wes Bradenhoff. It's great that you've joined us again this afternoon as we search the scriptures together, having our path illuminated by God's Word. Here's your host for this afternoon, Pastor Wes Bradenhoff. Well, good afternoon. Welcome to another edition of Gospel Talk. I'm Pastor Wes Bradenhoff, and as always, I'm glad that you have joined me once again today as we look at the Word of God as we consider the Gospel of our Savior. Well, this week on Gospel Talk, we're looking at a few verses from Mark chapter 8. Over the last couple of days, we've looked at the account of the healing of the blind man at Bethsaida, how the Lord Jesus spit on the man's eyes, placed his hands on the man's eyes. And then after that passage, we find Peter's confession of Christ. And that runs from verse 27 to verse 30 of Mark chapter 8. And there is a connection between these two passages, between the healing of the blind man and also Peter's confession of Christ. And today we hope to look at what that connection is. But before we get to that, I'd like to read with you these verses, verses 27 to 30 of Mark chapter 8. Listen to the word of God. Jesus and his disciples went on, went on to the villages around Caesarea Philippi. On the way, he asked them, who do people say I am? They replied, some say John the Baptist, others say Elijah, and still others, one of the prophets. But what about you? He asked, who do you say I am? Peter answered, you are the Christ. Jesus warned them not to tell anyone about him. So here in this passage, Jesus asked that question, who do people say I am? And he's not asking that because he's particularly interested in what all the crowds think about him. His question has a deeper thrust. It's a question with an agenda. And the disciples go ahead and answer, and their answers are familiar because earlier in Mark, in chapter 6, in the story of Herod, Mark told us already back then that there were people who were saying these things. There were people who were confused about Jesus' identity. There was no definite consensus on the details of who he was. And that's clear from the disciples' answer as well. Some think him to be John, others Elijah, and others thought he might be one of the Old Testament prophets, the other Old Testament prophets, say, for instance, Jeremiah. But even though all these answers differed on the details, they did have one thing in common. Everyone agreed that he was some kind of prophet. But no one could seem to get beyond that. There was a sort of collective blindness that kept them in the dark. And there you see a little bit of already of the connection with the, uh, the healing of the blind man. And Jesus got this answer, and then he moved towards his real question. But what about you? Who do you say that I am? Your disciples, what do you think? In other words, have you got it figured out yet? And Peter speaks up, and he speaks on behalf of them all, and he says, you are the Christ. He gets it. They get it. They finally get it. Their eyes have been opened to Jesus' true identity. He's not just a rabbi. He's not just a good religious teacher. He's not just a prophet. He's not just a wise man or even an ordinary man. He is the Christ. And Christ, you have to know that that is the Greek translation of the Hebrew word Messiah. 
Christ means Messiah, and Messiah means the anointed one of God. The Messiah was the one who was promised in the Old Testament in numerous passages. Isaiah 53 is just one of the the more well-known. The Messiah was the one promised in the Old Testament who would come for the redemption of the people of Israel, of God's people. He was the figure who would come for salvation. He was the one who would crush the head of the serpent. Peter and the other disciples have this breakthrough moment. And there are a few things we need to take away from this. First of all, notice how the crowds say one thing, but the disciples are finally led to say the right thing. Well, they they can't agree on the details. The crowds all agree that he's a prophet, but nothing more. The disciples have come to the point where they can go further. They can buck the trend. They can confess Jesus as the Messiah, the Christ, the anointed one of God. And friends, if we are looking to Christ in faith, if we are resting and trusting in him, and I hope you're doing that, and we too are the disciples of the Lord Jesus, And we too live in a world where, by and large, people all have the same opinion about Jesus. Most of the world agrees that Jesus was a good man. They'll disagree on the details, and they'll disagree about whether or not the Bible gives an accurate picture of who he was. Most people don't want to accept what the Bible says. But most will agree that there was a man named Jesus of Nazareth, and he was a good man, a wise man. He had some good teachings. I mean, who can disagree with the golden rule, do unto others as you would have them do unto you? Who's going to disagree with that? That's a good teaching. You look around us and you even see Islam saying what the crowds of Jesus' day said. He was a prophet. Not the greatest prophet or the last prophet. Of course, that was Muhammad. But Muslims say that Jesus was a prophet of Allah. And Muslims respect Jesus as a prophet. And again, they don't take the, with the, the Bible's testimony about Jesus. They think that uh, the Bible has been twisted by Jews and Christians to present an alternative picture of who Jesus is. But yet, Muslims believe that there was a figure named Jesus of Nazareth, and he was a great prophet. And Islam and the world, they all together, they say one thing. Jesus was a good man. That's it. And that puts pressure on us. You'll find the pressure everywhere. It's in the workplace. It's in the university or college classroom, in the popular culture, everywhere you encounter the world. The trend is there to see Jesus in a way that doesn't do him justice if he's even considered and taken seriously at all. Friends, we have to buck the trend. And then don't just believe the truth. Don't don't just hold that truth secretly in your heart, but speak the truth whenever you can. We're not to conform to the world, but to the word. And that means that we believe that Jesus is the Christ, the one anointed by God with the Holy Spirit, to save us from the wrath to come. We believe that Jesus is the one who's brought us out of darkness and into the light. Jesus is the one who has opened our eyes so that we can again see. He is the one who has breathed life into our dead bodies and souls. And so we witness to him accordingly. And of course, that has implications for how we live as well. Listen for a moment as I read with you from 1 John 2, 1 to 11. 
There we find the word of God saying, My dear children, I write this to you so that you will not sin. But if anybody does sin, we have one who speaks to the Father in our defense. Jesus Christ, the righteous one. He is the atoning sacrifice for our sins, or the propitiation for our sins. And not only for ours, but also for the sins of the whole world. We know that we have come to know him if we obey his commands. The man who says, I know him, but does not do what he commands, is a liar, and the truth is not in him. But if anyone obeys his word, God's love is truly made complete in him. This is how we know we are in him. Whoever claims to live in him must walk as Jesus did. Dear friends, I am not writing you a new command, but an old one, which you have had since the beginning. This old command is the message you have heard. Yet I am writing you a new command. Its truth is seen in him and you, because the darkness is passing and the true light is already shining. Anyone who claims to be in the light but hates his brother is still in the darkness. Whoever loves his brother lives in the light, and there is nothing in him to make him stumble. But whoever hates his brother is in the darkness and walks around in the darkness. He does not know where he is going because the darkness has blinded him. You see, from 1 John 2, there are those who claim to have Jesus' identity straight. And there are those who claim to believe in him rightly. They claim to have moved from darkness to light, from blindness to sight. Just think of Judas Iscariot. He was there in in Mark chapter 8. Peter was speaking for him too. Peter was the spokesman for all the disciples, and Judas Iscariot included. And we know how he later betrayed the Lord Jesus. However, true faith in Jesus Christ always bears fruit, the fruit of godliness. If someone says, you are the Christ to Jesus, but yet they go on hating their brother, their neighbor, they show that they're they're still blind, they're still in darkness. Truly acknowledging Jesus Christ to be who he is will inevitably bear fruit. It must bear fruit in a life in which hatred and even its mild forms, you know, there we have mild forms of hatred too. We talk about, oh, I, I don't really hate him. I just dislike him or, you know, you, you disdain somebody. All the forms of hatred have to be put to death in a Christian life. There's a second thing that we need to take away, and it's that the disciples are not healed from their blindness all in one shot. You see, that's the the connection again with the the healing of the blind man from Bethsaida. You know, it takes a few doses, a few treatments before the disciples completely see. Their progress, again, follows somewhat the model of the healing of the blind man. He wasn't healed all at once, and neither are the disciples. They're now beginning to see, but eventually they, they have relapses. They slide back. It takes time for them to grow in their new vision of who Jesus is. And yet, the Lord Jesus has so much patience for them. Isn't that wonderful to, to know that? Because the patience that he has for those disciples there in Mark 8, is the same patience that he has for me and for you. And it's also always good to remember that the Christian life is a journey in growth. It's not a static place where you get to a certain point and then you just stay there. 
we're either growing or we're backsliding. There is no middle ground. There's no status quo place. Sometimes we move forward. Sometimes we slide back. Our prayer has to be that God would be leading us ever more forward so that our vision becomes more and more clear. We need to have a clearer vision of who Christ is so that we will all the more entrust ourselves to him. God leads us forward with his word. And that's why it's so important, friends, that we're constantly busy with the word, with the Bible. Let me encourage you to be reading your Bible every day. You know, the devil loves a dusty Bible. Make him unhappy. Take up that word of God and read it for yourself every day. And at the same time, friends, make sure that you're in a church where the Bible is opened, where the Bible is being read, not just little snippets, not just little pieces, but whole chapters, whole sections, where the word of God is central, where the the preaching is expository, where it's completely based on what the word of God is saying. And that is how you will grow as a Christian, being in a place like that. The word of God is valuable because it testifies to us of Jesus Christ, our Savior. Well, we've come to the end of our program for today. I hope what I've said has been encouraging for you, and I hope you'll join me again tomorrow. Till then, may God bless you richly. It was wonderful that you could join us today for Gospel Talk with Pastor Wes Bradenhoff. This program has come to you today through the kind support of the Yarrow Canadian Reformed Church. You can find us in Yarrow at 42285 Yarrow Central Road. Worship services are every Sunday at 10 a.m. and 2 p.m. You can find more information about the Yarrow Canadian Reformed Church at our website, www.yarrowchurch.ca. That website again, www.yarrowchurch.ca. If you'd like more information, please drop us a line via email at gospeltalk at hotmail.com. Again, that's gospeltalk, all one word, at hotmail.com. You can also call us toll-free at 1-866-288-1087. Again, that number, 1-866-288-1087. We trust that this program has helped you to fix your eyes on Jesus Christ again today. This has been Gospel Talk with Pastor Wes Bradenhoff.